it is. Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025. The game of Floyd add to the chapter of embarrassments of Tennessee football. This one involving Jeremy Banks, a current player on the football team. Did you see this story? Yeah, I did. So Jeremy yeah. Banks from Tennessee, uh, a linebacker. He's moved around positions like three times since he's been with the Vols. He was a running back. Now he's a linebacker. Jeremy Banks and Jeremy Pruitt issued apologies after campus police videos were released. And the different campus police videos are from September 16th, the wee hours of the morning, when uh, I guess he was pulled over after making an illegal U-turn and the UT police officer found an active warrant out for Banks' arrest for failure to appear out of Knox County for driving while his license was suspended. So, basically, makes an illegal U-turn, cops are going to give him a warning, run the license, says warrant for his arrest for failure to show for, you know, a previous minor transgression or something of the like. I think it was a parking ticket or something. Well, when you have a warrant out for your arrest because you didn't show, what happens to you? If you get pulled over, you get arrested. And, yes, they take you to jail. So that's what happened to Jeremy Banks. And Jeremy Banks, TMZ has the video. Ian has kind of cut it down and edited certain things. And when I say edited, it has not changed the audio other than to just take the profanity that we can't play out of here. But the nature of what Jeremy Banks, Tennessee linebacker, was saying to the cops in the car is on the dash cam of the car. This is Tennessee linebacker Jeremy Banks. I don't like the police, bro. You don't like us? Nah, nah. Okay. I don't take offense to that. That's why all my... I hated cops. Without that badge, y'all... For real. This your intern? Yep. Ma'am, I don't think you want to be police. Really? Like I said, I'm trying to work with you, and you're doing this? Work with me, officer. Yeah, I'm just going to talk. That's just what I do. I've been you're disrespecting I've been, me and all that? No, I ain't disrespecting you at all. I've been dealing with police all my life. Okay. So I ain't Have I done anything to you or anything like that? No, no. I just, it's okay. just, just my, how I do it. Ma'am, I don't think you want to be an intern. Because where I'm from, we shoot at cops. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. What would you do without that badge, though? That's all I want to know. <laughs> without the badge? Yeah. Wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be here? Already. Dealing with you. All right, let me get out of here. And y'all won't want to see me without that badge. Don't make something that it's not, it's not you know, a good thing to threat the police officer. I ain't, I ain't threatening. It ain't a threat at all. So that's kind of the gist of what he was saying in the back of the cop car. And, you know, the hey, where I'm from in Memphis, we shoot at cops. And you could see the cop kind of stopped him right there when he said the line of, hey, you wouldn't want to see me without that badge. And you could tell the cop said, hey. Don't make this anything more than this needs to be. And you heard the other cops say, are you threatening a police officer? Because I don't know exactly what the definition of threatening a police officer is. You threaten to shoot a cop. I'm pretty sure that's a big deal. And that's where it felt like he was going. I I would think that would be a pretty big deal. And and I'll tell you what, he was lucky because most of the people that I know that are cops would have stopped him a lot quicker than that. It may be stopped him a lot harder than that. So, I mean, he was probably fortunate he could shoot his mouth off. But they, let me say this. You got a kid that's got a warrant. What he is? It was, uh, what was it? He got pulled over with a suspended driver's license. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, get this taken care of. And, well, he didn't get it taken care of. 
So he's still driving around with a suspended license, doesn't get it taken care of, gets pulled over, ends up going to jail. How stupid is that? Now, How stupid are you? Now, the way Pruitt made it sound in the the other video that was released, in the where Pruitt's on the speakerphone, where the player calls Pruitt and the cops talk to Pruitt, and Pruitt thought this had been handled. Like that they had all gotten together and that this had been taken care of. And I think Pruitt thought that it was taken care of. Now, again, I don't mean to me, there's a lot of thinking things are getting taken care of, and there's a lot of... I mean, I had something one time with an insurance company where, you know, an in, where the hospital, you know, goes to the insurance company. The insurance company pays the hospital. The hospital then, for some reason, turns me over to collections where it's, I've shown that the insurance company pay what they're supposed to pay. And the collections company is telling me I got to talk to the hospital. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's all been out of shape when, you know, it's and, and paperwork and that, like it, it happens. I get that. But I'm with you. Like, if you're Jeremy Banks, you get pulled over for a suspended license, and you thought you had this figured out. You don't need to be saying to the cops, hey, where I'm from, we shoot cops. Yeah, I'd You know, you need to be saying, hey, call Coach Pruitt. We, I thought this was taken care of. We'll call Coach Pruitt. We'll get this figured out. And, and so uh, Jeremy Pruitt released a statement saying, quote, Jeremy's behavior and comments are unacceptable and portrayed himself and our football program very poorly, and he understands that. We will address the matter internally. I'm determined to do what I can to help Jeremy Banks grow and become a better man. Our team and staff respects law enforcement, and we will continue to educate our players on how to carry themselves at all times. Do you think what Jeremy Banks said to those cops should get him kicked off the team? Oh, I, again, this is this is a policy thing in my mind. You can't each everybody wants to take each one of these individual. You can't because they. It's hard to compare. Let's say some guy gets drunk and puts his his fist through a window at a dorm, and uh, and they come and arrest him for that. And and you know what is that worse than than what he said? Not being physical, just talking. I don't know how you compare those two. You know, it depends on who you are and what you like and what you dislike. So it's always a matter of policy. And whatever the policy would be, then that's I think that's what you stick to. If you don't have a policy, then you need to start one with this kid. And I don't know, you know, um, I'll say this. Having coached college football for a while, I mean, you got a lot of kids coming from a lot of different backgrounds that, that I mean, it's hard to try to get everybody to act the same way. You know, it's hard because there are some guys that just in everyday conversation will say and do things that are shocking to me, you know, and then the, the other guy, you know, is more to what you're used to and you have absolutely no problem with him. Well, the first guy didn't mean anything harmful. That's just the way they you know, he grew up talking like that. His his family talks like that. His town talks like that. Yeah, but you can't threaten to shoot cops. No, I mean that's that's dumb. But I mean, you know what? And and I think, you know, coming. I mean, he's he's had some bad experiences with cops. He made it sound like now, and so you know, here he's got a chance. Maybe talk ugly. And let's face it, rightly or I mean wrongly, it's not. There's nothing right about it. I don't think anybody, at least when I was in college, you didn't look at the campus cops the same way you looked as at LAPD. You know, 
I mean, they were different. So I want to say that they changed this. I could be wrong. I, I think they changed this to, um, like, at Vanderbilt, for example, that used to be, like, the Vandy cops were kind of like, you know, the Rena cops and then, you know, the Metro yeah. cops were kind I think now, like, Vandy cops are Davidson County Metro police officers. Oh, I don't know. But most, uh, when I went to school, campus cops were were cops, but they were, you know, hired by the school and worked for University of California and... You know, so it wasn't the same, like I said, as LAPD going out with those guys. I think they've changed that for the most part. Maybe. I but know. I do think there's, like, this is where I'm torn. Like, I'm torn on this Jeremy Banks thing in a lot of ways. Number one, I mean, video changes everything with everything. So when you've got Jeremy Banks looking at an intern or, I guess, a woman who's in on the was, car for a ride-along. That, that was it. She, when she was kept doing a ride-along. The intern, it was a ride-along? Yeah, okay. so she was doing a ride-along. And he's saying, because where I'm from, we shoot at cops. And the, the one that got me was that if y'all didn't have that badge, and I'm telling you, those cops might have saved him. Because if he had gone one step further, then I think you have to kick him off the team. I think you have, I, I mean, again, I don't know what qualifies as arresting a cop, or I mean, or as threatening a cop, but whatever that line is, he walked right up to it. Oh, if, if not over it. And I mean, it, he if was he fortunate. crossed it that at all. Yeah, he was fortunate that that cop was... That that's Level not like head. a felony yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd be in real trouble. And so I'm torn because I see that, and I'm like, there, you can't have that on your football team. You, you can't have that. You, you're trying to build a culture at Tennessee, and you got a guy on your team getting arrested at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and he's going to sit there and threaten to shoot cops. You, you cannot have that in a program. And then there's a part of me that says my upbringing is so different from Jeremy Banks's upbringing. Oh yeah. And so how can I sit there and judge this? I don't know. And then the other side of that is you know Georgia has guys who are from, you know, certain backgrounds who probably say a lot of things, do a lot of people that they shouldn't say. And Kentucky has it and Florida has it and Auburn has it and they all have it. And is this just in Tennessee's case, the video came out, whereas literally every team across the country has guys on their football team, maybe great players, who act like that uh, in general. And, oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, so now are you going to kick everybody off the team because they threaten a cop? Or And, and I don't know the answer to that. Oh, well, but, I, the, but, that, but that, if y'all didn't have that badge line, that really got me on this one because I'm thinking to myself – you keep talking like that. You're lucky. You're probably not in jail. And and the guy kind of subtly warned him. Oh yeah, know, say, hey, no, let's not make this anything more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right up to it. You're right on the edge. So I mean, I don't. I, you know, the cop was the obviously the adult. In so the, what would in you do? Room. You're the coach of Tennessee football, and don't say you know. Well, I don't know what my policy. Like, yes or no? Yes is. or no on the team? Whatever the policy you, is. What would your policy be? Uh, I don't. I mean, to be honest with you, I think you'd almost have to to be more lenient than you normally would because you're dealing with, you know, 18-year-old kids from every background in the in the country. And you're going to have some kids that have that kind of background now. I mean, it's... But if you're lenient because that's their background and then you allow your team to have a culture of guys like that. You know, he stopped himself just short of where he was going to get himself in trouble. 
right. is the next guy going to be able to stop himself? Well, if he crosses over, and the, and the rule is if you cross over, then you're then he's out of there. So this is where you're setting the line. Well, I know. I mean, I don't know where I would set the line. I'd have to think about it. But I know this: you can't. The kid that you're bringing in from West Covina, California, and the kid you're bringing in from Memphis may not have the same backgrounds now. I know, but the laws in America <laughs> apply to him the same, and so should the rules of the football and, team. And I think that depends on if he if you break a certain law, whatever that law is, then you know what? You're kicked out. I don't think there's any problem with any of that. But I think you have to be smart about what you're doing, too, because... You know, it's like I said. If you put your fist through a through a window, is that you know you you are going to get arrested for that? Is that do you kick them off? You know, that's another question. Let's take your phone calls and the Jeremy Banks story and the, what you have. You know, what do you do if you're Pruitt? Six one five seven three seven one zero two five six one five seven three seven one zero two five. And I don't know if I'd kick him off the team or not. I don't know, but the but the the way he was talking to the cops, man, that's. And then another bad look for Tennessee football. What's it mean for Pruitt? We'll get to that. Plus, something Nick Saban once said, and maybe is it applicable here? We'll get to that coming up next as well. Jared and the GM, we're live from the Wholesaling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Just State of Tennessee is one who issued the warrant, so I have to take him in for that warrant. I have no, like I said, I have no choice about that. If it was just a suspended license, I can have discretion on that. But since there's a warrant out for his arrest, I have no discretion on that itself. Does it say when the warrant was issued? No, no, sir. It just says that there's a warrant for his arrest. This is the silliest I've seen in my life. I got it. I understand. I've worked at four places. They never had no crap like this except for here. Because the people usually say, hey, something's not right here. Well, like like I said, sir, I don't know if they sent him notification. Usually they'll send notification if, or whatever. When you're supposed to appear in court on a ticket, if he does not appear in court, they will put a warrant for your arrest. So I don't know what no, ticket. I, I, I oh, get that. Okay. I, I understand that. Okay. Right? I understand that. Right? Uh, but uh, some of these kids, they don't have nobody home to teach them how to do stuff. And so if something happens, people notify so you can teach them how to do it. Jeremy Pruitt on the body cam video of the police officer in the Jeremy Banks arrest. I guess Jeremy Pruitt was on speakerphone there. And, you know, I, I have a hard time looking at Pruitt, you know, who's getting a call at 3 o'clock in the morning and is having to deal with something he thought was taken care of. But that line at the end where he said, I gotta go do your civic duty, you know, that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It was almost like Pruitt expected the cops to be like, oh, no, it's okay, coach. We'll just, you know, not follow the law and just you do what you want to do, coach. Well, and I mean, the truth is there's probably a number of places that that's that, that exactly happen. what would happen. I agree. <laughs> but Pruitt's got to know that so, in 2019 you can't say stuff like that to cops. I, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not blaming the cop for a thing. I mean, the cop did. The cop was more than patient. What do, so? What do you I mean, think about Pruitt, though? I mean, I know this is not the same as losing to Georgia State in terms of embarrassing, but it is another thing under this umbrella of this season 
that is just a total embarrassment on his coaching watch. You know, I mean, he's the bottom line is you're going to have some of these. I don't care where you are. You know, there's going to be something. And and I think part of, you know, dealing with the team and dealing with the coaches and dealing with is that, hey, we have to get past this. And, and the hard part as head coach is you got to stand up and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're not going to do. And then you're going to have people like us that are going to be either, you know, all for it or hate it. And and so that's that's the part that makes it difficult. What I want to know is where was Pruitt? Because if they call Pruitt at 3 o'clock in the morning and they got one of his players arrested on a warrant like that, shouldn't Pruitt have said, I'll be right there? Let me say this. <laughs> yeah, all that sounds good. Until <laughs> you see the Until you're operating on three hours sleep and now you just cut it down to two hours sleep and so you got to jump in a car. And what's he going to do? He's not a lawyer. You know, he's he's not – There's there's nothing that – in those situations, there's absolutely nothing that you can do. So back to the Jeremy Banks thing about whether or not he should be on the team. He's obviously going to stay on the team. As Pruitt said in a statement, they'll handle the matter internally, which I just think is so – every time you well, read this that, is around, This is the question you need to ask before you ask this one. It's always the same. With this kid, who's not really a player, who's not really – it would be easy to dump this kid. But what if it's Wanya Morris? There you go. You know, what do you what if it's, what if it's two what a tongue if it's, of Iloa? That's it. What if it's your Heisman Trophy quarterback? I know. And, and so, you know. So Nick Saban, I guess, at some point along the way, this came up. Something similar. People wanted Saban to kick somebody off the team. And Saban had a very impassionate speech, which I think of every time. I think of somebody like Jeremy Banks, and I think of, okay, do you kick the guy off the team for essentially threatening police officers? This is, I think it was maybe 2009 Saban said this or something like that, but this was Nick Saban, and he was talking about helping out kids from, from tough backgrounds. There's always a lot of criticism out there. When somebody does something wrong, everybody wants to know, how are you going to punish the guy? Right, but there's not enough for 19- and 20-year-old kids, people out there saying, why don't you give them another chance? All right, so I'm going to give a speech right now about this. Like, where do you want them to be? Guy makes a mistake. Where, where, where do you want them to be? You want them to be in the street? Or do you want them to be here graduating? You know, when I was over there at the Nagurski, Musin Muhammad, who played 15 years for the Carolina Panthers, played for me at Michigan State. Everybody in the school, every newspaper guy, everybody was killing the guy because he got in trouble and said there's no way he should be on our team. I didn't kick him off the team. I suspended him. I made him do stuff. He graduated from Michigan State. He played 15 years in the league. Right, he's a president of a company now. And he has seven children, and his oldest daughter goes to Princeton. So who was right? I feel strong about this now, really strong. All right, about all the criticism out there of every guy that's 19 years old that makes a mistake and you all kill him. And then some people won't stand up for him. So my question to you is where do you want him to be? You want to condemn him? a life sentence or do you want the guy to have 
his children going to Princeton. And so I, I think of that every time something like this comes up. I think of what Saban says because I think there is a good message there from Nick Saban. Oh, and he's exactly right. It's just hard to swallow, and it's hard to do. And that's what I think the point he's trying to make, which is, hey, you know what? I can I can save this kid or try to. You know, you can't say, and you guys are going to kill me. You're going to hate me. You know, I'm I'm a dummy. I'm do all of those kinds of things. Um, or you know, we can do the because, like I said, it'd be easy to kick this guy off. But what happens if the next guy is Muhammad? Mm-hmm. You know, your best player, your best receiver, fifteen year, you know, NFL player of that caliber, and he does exactly the same thing. Let's go to your phones, Jesse. Up next on Jeremy Banks. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Awesome. So, yeah, I think on the whole situation, I had never heard that soundbite from Nick Saban, but um, my, my thinking was along the lines. Um, so if he's 18 or 19 years old, I just believe that at, around that age, we've all done something that we're not proud of. And, and regardless of your, you know, geogra- geographic or, uh, you know, geographic location, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can grow grow from that. I think this can be a learning situation for this young man. He can get better from it. Um Obviously, I maybe sit him a couple of games and, like, <clears throat> Nick Saban kind of said in that sound, but have him do some things. Maybe it's getting research on the cops or doing something um, in the community or something that he can be proud of and grow from that because if he was a repeat offender, that's completely different. If he had, if he, if he had gotten physical or something like that, completely different. I, I still do not agree with what he said and how he said it and even how the coach handled it, how you brought that up, Jared. But um, at the same time, I, I do believe in second chances. So I just think this is one of those situations that he'll look back on and be like, you know, what was I even thinking after they gave him a break when they didn't have to be nice to him as, as they were. So that's Th- what I think. Thank you for the call. To me, I think one of the hard parts about deciding something like this is when you don't actually know the kid. You know, we don't know the kid. You don't know the kid. I don't know the kid. We don't. Right. You know, the hey, I think you sent him a couple games and, and he'll learn from this. I don't know. Well, Maybe. It's I, mean, same, I, I don't know. See, the other side of this whole thing is the punishment. Okay, now what do you do for punishment? You take them out and, you know, there'll be those that will say, well, you take them out at four in the morning and you run bleachers. Really? You think that's going to do it? <laughs> this kid grew up this way. Do you think these bleachers are going to? Maybe it will. I don't know. You know, you you uh, you know you make him practice twice as hard, or you uh, and and I don't know. You know, I've never figured that part out of it either. You know, what's the best thing that you can do to punish these guys? Because you know, let's face it. There's a, a lot of these guys grew up in an environment where you know, making me work or or punishing me if it's not life threatening, it's hey, fine. You know, I'm cool. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five is the phone number. I can't believe I'm doing something with the Buffalo Bills. Titans play the Bills on Sunday, and it's definitely it's not a must win. But boy, the Titans, it'd be nice to get on a roll. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do something I can't even believe I'm doing. We'll get to that next. Jared of the GM, right here. It is ESPN one zero two five. The game, and of course, streaming on the Game National app. If there was any question as to whether Derek going to be the same guy we saw in the last four weeks of last season do you think he has answered it at this point i didn't ask the question so i don't really feel the need to answer it many were asking the question I, so why wouldn't you have you, asked the question right I, I we're just trying to get ready to play a football game 
I mean, whether he rushes for 250 yards or he rushes for 100 and grinds out 40 in the last, you know, half of a quarter, really need to focus on Buffalo, like a lot. So you guys want to talk about Buffalo, let's have at it. Don't ask Mike Vrabel questions he did not ask, which, of course, was today asking about, you know, a lot of people wondered about Derrick Henry, if he's the same guy the last four. Yeah, I didn't ask the question, so don't ask me. And you could tell Vrabel wanted to talk about Buffalo. And he's on to Buffalo, and he's in all this. Floyd, the Buffalo Bills, in the the time that we've been doing the show, I believe off the top of my head the Titans have only played Buffalo once since we've been doing this show, which was last year. And I remember thinking, like, we didn't even talk about Buffalo until maybe Friday of that week, maybe Thursday. I think the Buffalo Bills are good enough to be talked about on Wednesday on this show. That this is not the same crappy Buffalo Bill team that we're used to being crap for forever. Like, I don't think the Bills are going to make the playoffs or the Bills are going to win that division or anything. But I, 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 I think the Bills are actually pretty good. You know, I think they're a good, solid, defensive, grind-you-out, ugly-the-game-up football team. And even the guys in Boston, you know, the guys in Boston that give no credit to anything, even they were talking about how much respect they have for Buffalo after the Patriots beat them on Sunday. This is Tony Maserati from Boston, who's never had a nice thing to say about anybody on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Okay, so to me, I'll tell you one of my big takeaways, and it really doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with the Patriots. I think the Bills' defense is legit. I think it's legit. I'm a believer in that Buffalo defense. I thought they were really, really good. And I'm not telling you that the Patriots played well on offense or anything of the like, but I think that, I don't know, you look at it all and you weigh it all out and the, you go back over the couple of years, they give Brady trouble. They go in there, they're physical, they're tough. That play uh, in the end zone on the interception I thought was a terrific defensive play. It was a bad throw, but it was a great defensive play on top of it. That defense is legit. And I got to agree, I mean, Buffalo's number two defense in the NFL, and everybody who plays them, is, is, if you beat them, Belichick was thrilled to beat them 6-10 the other day. I mean, Floyd, I think the Bills deserve to be talked about Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on this show. I think Buffalo is actually a really good football team. Really, Buffalo is a good football team. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think a lot I mean, of people we- doubt that. I think they look at Buffalo, they've beaten three nobodies, their quarterback throws the ball away a lot. I mean, you look at well, Buffalo. I mean, like, it's not. Yeah, the whole team's not. I mean, they're struggling in some areas. But when you're talking about the defense, and uh, I mean, the defense is for real. And and I don't know that, you know, if they can stay healthy, I'm not sure that anybody's going to go in there and score a bunch of points on them. Which means that you know your offense, you're going to have to find a way to hold them to. To nothing. Now that the young quarterback Allen, who's who's still coming off that concussion protocol, and we're not sure where he's going to go or what he's going to do, but he did have uh, limited practice today. So I would imagine that if he doesn't get a headache or doesn't get sick or anything like that, that that's going to be a giant step towards him playing. Um, but I mean, he's he's a young quarterback, and he's making mistakes that young quarterbacks make. And so you're going through that. Frank Gore, who has been, I mean, I can't, I, I marvel at Frank Gore. I mean, for somebody, and I don't even know. Ten years ago, a, Floyd, if we would have told you, how much would you bet that Frank Gore would still rush for 100 yards against Belichick and the Patriots? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the, the amazing part, 
when he came out, everybody recognized he was a really good player. But he had three ACLs, three ACLs when he was in college. So he literally didn't play, you know, very much at all. Uh, And people were scared to death of him because of his knees. And he comes in the league, and I I mean, I don't know how much he's missed, but he hasn't missed much at all and has played at, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame caliber running back. So, I mean, it's incredible. But him at 36 years old, uh, to be able to to gain 100 yards, impressive. He kicked your butt last year at Miami. Frank Gore kicked the Titans' butt in week one. He's been been a, a weapon for years. So, the Titans play Kansas City on November 10th. In between now and Kansas City, they play Buffalo this week at Denver, Chargers, Tampa, Carolina. I think I respect Buffalo the most out of those teams. Or certainly believe Buffalo belongs in the same conversation with literally every single one of these teams. Like, I think Buffalo, Sunday, I think they're a better team than Denver the week after that. And, I, look, it's hard to win at Denver. I, I don't think the Titans have ever gone to Denver and wins won since they've been the Titans. Not many times. But, again, I think Buffalo is a better football team. Chargers, I think Buffalo is as well, good now. as the Chargers. Well, well, now. I wouldn't get carried away there. I don't like the Chargers. Okay. I don't. I do well, not love this Charger we're gonna, team. We're going to get a good look at them up close. They, been, they have not been very good this year. They have not been a decent Charger team. I, I thought they were going to pick up where they left off last year, and they haven't. I think Buffalo is as good as the Chargers. I think they're better than Tampa. I think they're better than Carolina. I literally I respect the Buffalo Bills. That is a good football team. That is a good defense with old man Frank Gore. And this coach, who I don't totally love, McDermott, he seems every year to have a defense that just gives Brady fits and gives good offenses fits. And remember the one thing about McDermott. Two years ago, they were in the playoffs. You know, like we laugh at Buffalo and how bad Buffalo has been because since the Music City miracle, Buffalo has almost been utter putrid in terms of football. They've been through Rex Ryan and they've been through Greg Williams. And didn't they bring Marv Levy back at one point? They brought back Marv Levy. And they've just had coach after coach after coach after coach. And they brought in McDermott, this bald guy from Tampa, and two years ago they were in the playoffs and should have beaten Jacksonville if they just had any grip of a passing game, and they didn't. And I think Nathan Peterman had to play in that game against Jacksonville. Tyrod got knocked out of the game. So, I mean, I I am telling you, that defense is still playoff caliber good, and the offense is slowly catching up to the defense, and I am convinced that everybody looks at the schedule for the Titans, and they look at Atlanta, and they say, see the 2016 Atlanta Falcons that went to the Super Bowl, and they think that that team, a.k.a. the team you played last week, is better than the team you're going to play this week, and I could not disagree more. I think Buffalo is a better team than Atlanta. You can't just go a little bit, can you? you can't, I think Buffalo's you good. You have to go all the way. I think Buffalo's good. You, you can't get just a little. Listen to Felder and Mass. They break down what Bel- they'll break down, like how Belichick approached beating Buffalo on Sunday. And I agree with them, and I agree with Belichick. 
Brady started off his presser, uh, and it didn't make the transcript or anything because it was sort of as he was walking to the podium. He says, who wants to talk about that thing of beauty? Or it was something like that. Yeah, very self-deprecating. Yeah, it was, yeah. But it was like immediately the whole tone of, well, who wants to talk about that piece of crap? Uh, And I can't remember the word he used, but it was a sarcastic, and who wants to talk about that gem? It was something like that. But listen to Bill. Pants off. Great team effort by our guys. Really proud of our players. They, uh, you know, stepped up, showed a lot of mental uh, and physical toughness in this game. It's a, obviously the Bills are a good football team. Um, played very well. Got a lot of great players. Well coached. Tough. Uh, but, you know, our guys just stood up, made a few more plays, and really competed uh, for 60 minutes. And we knew that's what it was going to take here. And, uh, and they really responded to it. So it's good to, you know, good to get a division win on the road. Um, and really happy for our team. Really, really proud of the way they competed here. This is a, it's a tough football game. Tough place to play. Bill's more than happy to win that way. I think he's right, though. So they're saying, hey, Belichick loved the win. Brady kind of hated it because Bill's defense shut him down. But Bill loved it, and I agree with Belichick. If the Titans win 16-10 on Sunday, I'll have the same reaction as oh, Belichick. one to nothing, I'll take it. You can't win that way. Whatever it is. Give me, just give me one more than they got. That's all I care about. I know, but but you're sitting here acting like, you know, Buffalo's okay, but they're not, you know. It's not. And I'm saying, if you beat Buffalo, I will be proud of the Titans if they win on Sunday, if they beat Buffalo. It is no guarantee that you win that game. Not even close. I mean, there are no guarantees that you're going to win any game. Cincinnati. There's Miami. no guarantees you're going to win those, those games. I don't care who you play. I mean, this is, this is not, this is different than other sports. I mean, it's especially this time of year. Now, in another eight weeks, I mean, there, there may be teams you can say that about. I think it but, is the same as all the other sports where there is no guaranteed win. Just ask Tennessee. They lost to Georgia State. Well, foot, that's football. I'm talking uh, about there are other sports. Let me say this. If you're, you know, some of these sports, you can go out and you sport? can you can pretty well count on. If I'm the Golden State Warriors and I play the worst team in the league, I feel pretty good about winning. They lost to the Toronto Raptors. I don't keep. Why is it you can always pick one game out of 85 games? You can pick one and say, well, here's. I don't care about that. I don't care about that. If they play the Raptors 15 times, who's going to win 14 of them? I think Kawhi made it pretty Golden obvious they were going to State. Win. Well, I can guarantee that. I'm just saying. So my point is that. It, I don't think in in uh, in the NFL. You know what? If if New England were to play Buffalo ten times, you can't say they're going to win nine. Now you can say they're going to win seven, maybe six. They'll win the majority of them, yeah. But I don't think you can say they're going to win nine. I think that's basically true with most most teams. We'll ask Fitz what he thinks. Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, <laughs> will join us next. <laughs> What does he think about the Bills? We'll discuss. Jared of the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared of the GM are shocking to most people arguing. And that is arguing over how good are the Buffalo Bills. And I think they are good. I think that is a good football team. Now, the quarterback and Ian asked me during the break, Floyd, he asked me who would I rather see, Josh Allen, who was limited today in practice with a concussion, or... Would I rather see Matt Barkley, the backup quarterback? And I'd say I'd rather see Barkley because Allen running scares the daylights out of me. Like it did last year when he ran for the game's only touchdown and you lost. 
Right. I mean, he's he's a good athlete. He's not a or has not been a good passer. I mean, he's not. He's like a you know running back at quarterback kind of you know from a conceptual standpoint. I know, but you can't act so, like that's not a big deal. When last year he ran for a touchdown and cost you the game. No, right. We can run for a touchdown too. This when's the last time so, this quarterback ran for a touchdown? Oh, I don't. I have no. Been idea. a hot second. Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio. Golick and Wingo, first and last, joins us now on the show. Okay, Fitzy, should I be worried about Buffalo? Because we're talking about Buffalo on Wednesday, and we the Buffalo is usually a Thursday or really a Friday team when they play the Titans. And yet, after what they did to the Patriots, and I know they lost, but after what they did to the Patriots, I think Buffalo is good. Do you agree? Yeah, I think, like, I'll be honest with you, Jared. I, I, I think I got more respect for Buffalo in the loss to the Patriots than I did in their three wins because they beat three of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, uh, they have feasted on trash opponents, which is something we're used to talking about in college football, and I think is going to become more of the mindset in the NFL, too. We have to start looking at who's playing because there are some teams this year particularly that are just flat-out bad. So the Bills have beaten bad teams. I didn't really take much away from it, and then they competed – with the Patriots, I think the concern for, for uh, Titans fans is they made Tom Brady confused. And it's been a long time since we've said that or seen that. Now, to be honest, the Patriots missing some linemen in that game, missing some wide receivers. They didn't have a lot of weapons. I just think that Bill's defense isn't getting enough credit. They are absolutely great, and that's going to be a real challenge for the Titans to be able to move the ball. What did you think of the Titans win in Atlanta? And by the way, it did not tell. Will you send a message to Trey Wingo for me? Yes, I'll oh. gladly send a message. Okay, so we love Trey Wingo, but I watched Primetime, the show that he does with uh, Hasselbeck and John Fox, and it's on the Monday after, and they break down all the games. And I was waiting the whole time to see what they'd say about the Titans. They covered every game, including the Dolphins-Chargers game, and did not play the highlights of the Titans game. Titans-Falcons did not even make the highlights, Fitzy, which I have to assume was just like, I mean, I just would be, y'all probably forgot about us. If, if I had to take a guess, they were probably like, did we get all the games in? Yeah, we got all the games in. And they just forgot that they didn't include Titans-Falcons. But to that point, what did you think of Mariota? You know, after as bad as he was on Thursday night football against Jacksonville, he goes to Atlanta, throws three touchdowns, no interceptions, 250 yards or whatever it was. Did he do anything in your mind? No, and it's not that he didn't have a great game, and, and that's fine to have a great game. But what we're learning in today's NFL particularly is that some quarterbacks are just meh quarterbacks. They're average quarterbacks, and every once in a while they're going to have a great game, and every once in a while they're going to have a bad game. And that doesn't – I'm, I'm using that across the board. I mean, that's sort of Andy Dalton 101. Every once in a while Andy Dalton's going to do something where you say, what, Andy Dalton just did what? And then the next game you're going to see a reminder that Andy Dalton's not good. The best quarterbacks. Franchise quarterbacks, guys that you can build your entire roster around. Those are the quarterbacks that rarely, if ever, have bad games. I'm not going to sit here and overhype a uh, average quarterback or maybe even a below-average quarterback that then turns around every once in a while and has a good game. We need to see a string of good games together that shows you some level of consistency before we can change our mindset on anything about Marcus and what he should be worth to the Titans. Fitzy, speaking of quarterbacks, what what do we know about their quarterback and his concussion and that whole deal? And is that, you know, he threw, what did he throw? I think three interceptions this week. You know, so, uh, you know, are they maybe a better team if he's not playing? 
Well, they're certainly a better throwing team. You're not wrong about that, Floyd. We haven't seen uh, an update yet on what his status is going to be for the game, but I can tell you this. He is still painfully inaccurate with open spaces, and that is just inexcusable. When you actually see the breakdown of the footage and you watch his footwork, it's bad. When you see what he looks like in a pocket that surrounds him and gives him all the room he needs to make the necessary throws, it's bad. When he actually has the time to set himself and throw the football, he's not good at it. Josh Allen is not a good thrower of the football, and that's not what you ever want to hear about your quarterback. So uh, if I'm the Bills, uh, the answer is clear. Josh Allen is not the guy that can take them to the next level. Yeah, maybe he can make an athletic play here or there. He can turn around and do something that's off schedule, but he can't make the the right throws on schedule under the right calls. That is concerning if you're a Bills fan. I, I, you know, looking at this game early from my standpoint, I see these two teams with a whole lot of similarities. You know, the quarterbacks are both what they are. The running game is legit. Uh, the defense is pretty stout. And, you know, hopefully you don't mess it up on special teams. Yeah, well, you're right. And I think the special teams, obviously, all eyes in Tennessee are on Adoree Jackson, what he does in punt returns. I understand that. Uh, but uh, the difference in this game is Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry, to me, is the most talented player on offense on either side of the football. So uh, Derrick Henry's got to find a way. They've got to be patient and let whatever yards they can get come to them and just wear them down. This is one of those games that, you know, reminds me of the Titans of the old days where, hey, we might bore you to death, but we'll take every three yards that we can get, and at the end of the day, we'll put up just enough points to win. That's what this one feels like to me. Jason Fitz with us, ESPN Radio. Fitz, I want to go back to your thing about quarterbacks, right? Like if they don't string together a consistent amount of good games in a row or so on and so forth. So I'm going to throw a couple quarterbacks because you're saying that Mariota is starting to to place himself in the Andy Dalton category. Fair? Yes. Okay. What does that mean for you about Carson Wentz? Uh, Carson Wentz, man, that's a tough one. Jared, I'll admit, I didn't, I, I didn't think you were going to come out of the gate with Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz has... Usually, typically when they're healthy, he has better weapons around him. I think Carson Wentz still, like, he's so young in his career. If we were talking about this version of Carson Wentz in year five, I'd be willing to say, yeah, maybe Carson Wentz is only okay. But Carson Wentz isn't in year five yet. So he's got to stay healthy, uh, you know, he's got to stay healthy for me to buy into him. But he's better than Mariota. Okay, what about Jared Goff? Because since that game on Monday Night Football, now Wentz has got his money, Goff got his money. But since that Monday Night Football game, Goff has not been the same kind of quarterback, more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah, Goff is a system quarterback to me. I mean, Goff is a project of Sean McVay. So, you know, I, I personally, I wouldn't have given a ton of money to Jared Goff in general. Uh, that Goff has the benefit of being, a, of having been in a great system and having a great running back around him. And now that Todd Gurley doesn't look as good, the offense isn't on track anymore. That's not accidental. I don't think Jared Goff is a star quarterback at all. Okay, and then the last one I got for you, Lamar Jackson, because you guys at ESPN two weeks ago loved Lamar Jackson. Now, I, you know, I love Lamar because he went to Louisville, great college. But, I mean, since then, Lamar gets, you know, takes one on the chin at Kansas City, takes one tough one against uh, Cleveland, and now Floyd's back to his Lamar's a running back, not a quarterback rants. Well, I, I'll say this. I mean, again, this is we're, we're really – four games into seeing Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Because last year there was no intent in developing as a quarterback. Last year they were saying, hey, we didn't expect to be here. Now we are here. We're going to run the ball with you. That's fine. He's going to have to develop as a passer. I don't think Lamar Jackson's a good enough passer right now for me to bank. If I had to bet my house on Lamar Jackson being able to be the quarterback of the future for the Ravens, I would not make that bet. 
He's got he's got a lot of developing to go in his ability again to read defenses, to get the ball out on time, and to get the ball out on time accurately. And until we see how he then develops once defensive coordinators are developed against him, I don't think we know. So so right now, if I had to bet one way or the other, I'm not betting on Lamar Jackson. Who who is who is a young quarterback out there not named Mahomes? You know, I mean, not one of the not Brady, not you know. I'm talking about a young guy that that maybe hasn't gotten you know all clear to the top that you like that you really like oh that is a great question too and and i'll admit guys you know my my fandom with the raiders so obviously i'm a little jaded Ah, it's easy to see one it's one it's easy to see one great year from somebody that's what i saw from Carr. i saw one great mvp caliber year and so i'm i'm slow to buy in on quarterbacks being great I'll, i'll i'll admit that that's sort of one of my fatal flaws. I'm slow to buy into any of them as being spectacular, and then we see a replacement come in, and all of a sudden they look great. I still believe that Baker Mayfield can be very good. Um, I, I believe in Baker Mayfield long term. Uh, we need to see a little bit more, obviously, but uh, I believe in Baker. So if I had to pick one young guy, I think Baker might be the guy. Um, Carson Wentz is somebody I, I know we just talked about him. I still believe in uh, Dak. I'm a little unsure of what he look like when he doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott next to him. Uh, you know, I don't. No, but, you know, so I, I, maybe I'm too cautious. Maybe that's a lesson here. I think it's fine. It feels like we kind of stumped you, you know, like you sit there and we're throwing out the, well, you know, I don't like that guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't well, really not, like that guy. And I, no, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Jason Fitz, as always, first and last, Golick and Wingo. So what time do you go to bed now, Fitz? Uh, 9.30-ish, you know, 9.30, uh, you know, get, get you get to sleep when you can, my friend. Like, you know, the, the victory goes to the grinders. I get the naps when I can. It's like Floyd's days of being GM. Fitz, as always, we look forward to talking to you next week, brother. Thanks, Fitz. You're the best, guys. Have a great week, boy. See you, Fitzy. Jason Fitz joining us, as always, on uh, Jared and the GM. I So I when Fitz brought that up, when he was like, you know, Mariota, it's like Andy Dalton, uh, you know, if he's going to be one of these great quarterbacks, we got to see a lot. And I thought to myself, What's that mean for for Wentz? You know, three years ago, Wentz was Wentz was Mahomes before Mahomes, and now what do we think of Wentz? And what do we think of golf? And what do we think of Dak? And what do we think of oh, Baker Mayfield? What do we think of Lamar yeah. Jackson? What do we think of Josh Allen? Those guys that start off like a house of fire. Now we get to year three, year four, things have a tendency to change. So I want to get into this discussion coming up next with these quarterbacks. So Fitz says Baker Mayfield. Is the one young guy he really believes in is Baker. So I want to get to this coming up next. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Jared, the GM at ESPN, 1025, the game.